South Carolina's recruiting momentum continues to roll after they got three more public commitments late last week. Who was it that committed to the Gamecocks? We'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams, players, and coaches. I am your host, Andrew Lyon, and I tell you what, at this point, I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but South Carolina continues to get it done on the recruiting trail, getting three different commitments late last week. One of them who is going to be a preferred walk-on at quarterback, another one who has played quarterback for his prospective high school, but looks to be playing a different position once he gets to South Carolina, and a third who is homegrown from the city of Rock Hill. I'll be going in depth on all three of these prospects today, including quotes, where they rank, who they were offered from, and some of the notes that I took from their junior year film. So that is what we are going to be discussing today. But as always, before I get started, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily choice for daily South Carolina sports coverage. All right. So, with the first prospect that committed to South Carolina late last week, we are going to start off with Legion Collegiate Academy cornerback slash quarterback, guy that played both sides of the ball for him, and three-star Judge Collier, who committed in the middle of Saturday afternoon, tweeting out a long message and saying he was 100% committed to the South Carolina Gamecocks. This is one that does not come off as a big surprise or shouldn't come off as a big surprise to South Carolina fans. I detailed in the middle of last week on one of my episodes for the show that I felt like that Judge Collier was the welcome home from this past Wednesday. And there was a tweet from Taylor Edwards, the director of player personnel at the time, saying that the court was in session, which, again, served as a really big hint as to who the welcome home might be. Judge was the only prospect that fit the bill, and this is that same welcome home that took place at that point last week. And I thought the end of his message in his commitments was really cool. As Judge would say, I have decided to take my talents to the University of South Carolina. Thank you, Coach Gray and Coach Beamer. I look forward to developing, contributing, and winning. Hashtag Spurs up. Hashtag committed. And this just continues to show y'all how much confidence, again, all these defensive backs have shown that the South Carolina Gamecocks have gotten up to this point in the recruiting process. All these guys just exude a certain moxie that obviously you want all of your players to have, but a moxie that we haven't maybe seen that much in the program in a very long time. And again, I think that it's great that all these guys seem 
to really be excited to get ready to come to Columbia and get started with their new home. So now I'm going to talk about a couple of quotes from an article that was written by Gamecock Central's Wes Mitchell discussing Judge Collier's commitment to South Carolina, starting off with how impressed he was with Coach Gray's coaching style at the camp where he was offered, saying, quote, me and Coach Gray, we've had conversations before, and he's come by my school. He's talked to my head coach, and we've had a little relationship prior to the camp. He seems like a great coach. He knows what he's doing. He brings a lot of energy to everything that he does. He can be on the other side of the field, and he's still chirping. He stays yelling, so he brings energy wherever he's at. And then, of course, he talked about the history that South Carolina has recruiting the Rock Hill area, which is known as Football City USA, especially to those in South Carolina. And admitted that, of course, he wasn't looking past that, saying, quote, being from Rock Hill, you know a lot about South Carolina. We've had a couple of guys from a couple of the Rock Hill schools go to South Carolina. Obviously, Jadavion Klein, Stephon Gilmore, two former first-round draft picks, two guys that are still playing in the NFL, are the first two guys that come to mind from Rock Hill. But, of course, there are a couple of the big names that people think about. It's a lot about South Carolina that you know when you're from that area. So, obviously, again, this was not a very hard decision for Judge Collier once South Carolina dispensed an offer to him after his camp performance in the last week and a half or so. So now that we talked about Judge Collier's commitment itself and some of the words that he had to say in regards to his commitment, let's now take a look back at what Judge Collier has to offer to South Carolina as a football player. So looking back at his on three profile, which I did bring up in my video last week, Collier is rated the 709th best prospect in the country, the 39th best athlete in the country, and the 7th best prospect out of the state of South Carolina, according to On3's consensus player rankings. He, of course, was offered by South Carolina, Wofford, Navy, Boston College, and also the Air Force Academy. So, very clear by some of these offers that Judge Collier obviously is a very smart athlete, somebody that works really hard both on and off the field in the classroom, and is also a very disciplined football player in his own right. Now, when looking at some of his junior year film from Legion Collegiate Academy, uh, Collier played quarterback and cornerback for Legion Collegiate Academy, which is a public charter school over in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Now, as a quarterback slash ball carrier, he runs downhill with very little wasted horizontal motion. So pretty much what you would what you would qualify as a north-south runner. He has very good speed, and he would be classified as a strided-out type runner. So he's not someone that's very quick with his feet and is maybe going to run like a 4-3, but he's going to cover a lot of ground in just a few steps. As a corner, he does a great job of getting his hands in the passing window and deflecting passes whenever there are potential contested passes that are up for grabs. As a safety, which he played a little bit of in the scheme as well, he does a great job at picking good angles and timing down when to start running after a ball carrier or rushing the quarterback who has maybe rolled out of the pocket. So, as I mentioned earlier, he comes off as a very smart athlete who, with some development and some refinement of his positional skills, mainly at cornerback, which is the position he is projected to play at South Carolina, a few years down the road, he could be a really solid defensive back for the Gamecocks. Now, in just a few moments, I'm going to talk about 
a very interesting preferred walk-on commitment that South Carolina got from a quarterback out of San Diego, California late last week. Before I do that, I have a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information, where you'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's NBA championship matchup. The NBA Finals is officially over, and if y'all been following these videos or this podcast in general, I've mentioned the Steph Curry Finals MVP bet a couple of times now. Stephen Curry ended up winning the Finals MVP award. First one for his legendary career. So if you put some money down on that bet, you likely made a little bit of money off of bet online. You've also got the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, where the Avalanche are currently up 2-0 on the Tampa Bay Lightning. A real shocking start to the series for someone maybe doesn't watch NHL hockey as much uh, compared to other people. You've also got regular season Major League Baseball. The Phillies are 14-2 as of this recording under new manager Rob Thompson. So if you want to put some money line bets down, the Phillies might be a team to watch in what is becoming a very competitive National League Eastern Division in Major League Baseball. You've, of course, also got all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so moving on to the second public commitment that South Carolina got late last week. South Carolina got a commitment from Jalen Daniels, who is a 2022 recruit who played quarterback over at Lincoln High School in San Diego, California. And this is one that at first glance, if you just are reading the fact that he's a preferred walk-on, you might not show a whole lot of interest, admittedly, in this development. But admittedly, as time passed on during the evening in which Jalen Daniels committed to South Carolina, I was seeing a lot of people online talking about this guy. A lot of people that were saying that, holy cow, this guy has a lot of really good arm talent. And quite frankly, for someone who's preferred walk-on, he could end up getting a scholarship not long after he comes to South Carolina. And this could even be somebody that maybe even contends for the starting job, which, of course, seeing all this, this all caught me very off guard. And so... I figured that I needed to delve into this commitment a little bit further. Now, I will say, this guy has a very interesting relationship with somebody who is currently on the South Carolina football roster. As you look at this right here, which is from his commitment post, he said, Lastly, my quarterback coach, Coach Geo, who has trained me every week preparing for an opportunity and kept me grounded and on the right path, I truly wouldn't be here without this man. Now, you might be trying to think, who is Coach Gio? Well, if you followed along with Spencer Rattler and his journey that he's had up to this point, Spencer Rattler was coached by Coach Mike Giovando out of Arizona. And apparently, he and Jalen Daniels both were two quarterback prospects that have been brought under Coach Gio's tutelage. So he and Spencer Rattler have an ongoing relationship from the time that they were in probably middle school to even high school. So Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, clearly probably was in Coach Beamer and Coach Satterfield's ear a little bit 
regarding Jalen Daniels and saying, you know, hey, listen, trust me, I know this guy. I've watched this guy throw the football. This is a guy who is extremely talented and someone that if you give him a chance, he can really show y'all, he, he can really show y'all a lot of skills that I have seen firsthand over the course of many years back in my time in Arizona. So when looking at the article written by Wes Mitchell from Gamecock Central on Jalen Daniels' commitment, there was a quote from an assistant coach from Jalen Daniels' high school football staff. And the coach, who was Lincoln High assistant Jason Carter, said, quote, he's a winner. He loves the game. He competes at the highest level every single day in practice. He gets his teammates into it. He's selfless. He's very competitive. And as a senior right there, you can see Daniels threw for 2,442 passing yards with a 63% completion percentage rate, 18 touchdowns through the year, adding four touchdowns on the ground, and 183 rushing yards. Now, when looking at Jalen Daniels' recruitment up to this point at the end of his high school career, Jalen Daniels only had two offers coming out of high school, and that was from the University of Howard and Syracuse up in the ACC. And he had a lot of interest from a bunch of other schools that are not listed on his recruiting profile from 24-7 Sports. But those were the only two offers that he got. And he was listed as a three-star quarterback by 24-7 Sports, the 87th best quarterback in the country, and the 156th best prospect out of the state of California. So I, of course, went back and looked at Jalen Daniels' stats from his time at Lincoln High School. And I have to say, I see a lot of potential that Jalen Daniels showcases. Now, Again, he played for Lincoln High School, an urban public school in San Diego, California. He's not a scrambler by any means, but this is a guy that can extend plays with his legs. He has a massive frame, I believe standing at six foot five, which allows him to see the field clearly. Whenever he sees an open receiver, he'll fire the ball out to him immediately, and there's little to no drop-off in terms of his ball placement and arm strength when throwing off balance, whether that's rolling out of the pocket, throwing across his body, or even flipping his hips back to being parallel to the ball side. What I mean by that is, you know, if he's right-handed, he'll have his ball right here, and then he could be running to his left, and if he sees a receiver on the opposite side of the field, he's great about flipping his hips back to where his hips are in line with the ball and then getting the ball out of there. He also could step up in the pocket and officially transfer his lower body power into his throws, which is something that you don't see many quarterbacks do after having played football for just four years, which apparently is the case according to his huddle account. He says that in his bio, which is even crazier when you look at that and then watch his film. He also has very good understanding of where the open passes will be early on in a play if he needs to get the ball out fast. And overall, Jalen Daniels' best skill in his passing game is by far his intermediate passing, which I define as being anywhere from 10 to 25 yards down the field. He has a lot of potential to be a deadly vertical passing threat as he's got really solid arm strength. Now, he still underthrew some of his passes in the highlight reel I watched, which, of course, every quarterback's going to have a couple of those from time to time, but I did see maybe a little bit more than I was expecting just based on all of the stuff I was seeing on social media and message boards, the, all the like 
the other night when he committed. Uh, and he also seemed to have some really good wide receivers where he played at in, at Lincoln High School, as many of them had at least a step or two on their guy with those explosive plays that showed up in the highlight reel. This guy, however, is extremely advanced for a guy that, again, when you consider the fact he's only played football for four years, there's a lot of intangibles that you just are not usually seeing with guys with that little experience. And with some of development both on the field and in the weight room in a strength and conditioning program at the collegiate level, this is a guy that is not going to remain a walk-on for long. And he could even be somebody that competes for the starting job in two to three years. And if you want a little bit of a comparison, I actually thought that he reminds me of outgoing Gamecock quarterback Jason Brown, who transferred to Virginia Tech this past offseason, but with a little more arm talent, a bigger frame, and somebody who's going to benefit from being in the SEC early on in his collegiate career. As one of the things that hurt Jason Brown while he was at South Carolina playing quarterback was the fact that he didn't have to do a whole lot of pre-snap stuff at St. Francis in the three years he played Division Three college football. This is something that Jalen Daniels is not going to be dealing with when he gets to South Carolina as he's going to be learning this stuff from day one in Marcus Satterfield's system. So he's going to be given plenty of time to be able to get all that down before he is ever asked to go step out on the football field. Now, the last prospect that publicly committed to the South Carolina Gamecocks late last week was 2023 three-star athlete Cameron Sandlin out of the Aniston School in Aniston, Alabama. Cameron committed to the Gamecocks publicly late on Saturday evening, saying that he prayed for times like this, so he had to grind like that to shine like this. And for those of you who maybe are not familiar with the lyric, that is a lyric from a song written by Meek Mill. Now, Cameron Sandlin, according to On3's recruiting database, is rated the 814th best prospect in the country, the 38th best tight end in the country, and the 35th best player out of the state of Alabama, according to their consensus player rankings. As you can see on the right, Cameron Sandlin was offered by, of course, South Carolina and also Mississippi State, Sanford, UAB, and was also offered by Kentucky and Georgia State, amongst a bunch of other smaller schools. Now, when looking at some of Cameron Sandlin's stats from his junior year of football last season, he had a 70.8 completion percentage with 1,815 passing yards and 21 passing touchdowns. He also had 105 rushes for 927 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns. Now, as a quarterback, he showed an ability to air the ball out downfield when given ample time in the pocket. As a runner, he showcased an ability to continuously accelerate as a play progresses and being able to blaze on past opposing defensive backs. Even when he had to bounce a run to the outside, he was still able to turn up the field quick enough in order to be able to get past defenders for a long run, and in certain cases, a really long touchdown run. He did this multiple times in the highlight reel that I watched earlier. He also showed good ball carrier vision and an ability to find open field. He also showed an ability to be able to throw the ball on the run when maneuvering outside the pocket. He showed an ability to be able to juke past defenders when he absolutely needs to, as long as the defender's not really moving towards him. 
This is a guy, basically, who, based on the film, isn't necessarily a bad quarterback prospect. But for this level of football in the SEC, where he'll be playing in the future as long as he stays committed, he's going to be better suited for a position like tight end, where he can really showcase his athleticism. It will take time for Cameron Sandlin, of course, to adjust to college football, as it will be a learning curve for him, considering both the positional change that's taking place, going from being a quarterback to being a tight end, and, of course, him having to deal with SEC athletes and having to, you know, bulk up, put on some weight, put on some muscle, gain some upper body strength so that he could be able to handle being an inline blocker at times. And of course, be a receiver threat and not really lose much of the speed from putting on the muscle that he puts on in Luke Day's strength conditioning program. But Sandlin has the athletic tools and clearly the ball skills, having played quarterback for his high school in order to be able to play tight end at the next level. It's just going to take a couple seasons, in my opinion, for him to be able to get to a point where he can go out there and really contribute meaningful snaps to South Carolina's offense. All right. Now, the last quick tidbit that I wanted to discuss on today's episode is Another welcome home that was announced by Coach Shane Beamer on Saturday. Now, Coach Shane Beamer, of course, tweeted out two different welcome homes on Saturday. One starting off earlier in the day at 12.01 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And the second one being at 4.35 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, obviously, based on the timing of Cameron Sandlin's commitment... From that same day, we know that one of those two welcome homes was probably Cameron Sandlin. So the question is, who was the other welcome home? And there was another hint that was sort of given inadvertently by one of the staff members for South Carolina's football team and offensive line coach Greg Atkins, who tweeted out late in the evening on Saturday, I got a feeling Let's go with a gif of Cocky in the 2001 A Space Odyssey entrance that is so famously done at South Carolina home games every football season. So, based on that, this has to potentially be an offensive line commit. Otherwise, I'm not quite certain, of course, why Greg would get so, or Coach Atkins would get so excited as to tweet out something like that. And there was only one prospect based on the activities that took place on Saturday that could potentially fit the bill. And that is junior college offensive lineman Isaiah Yada. At least I'm assuming that that's how you pronounce the last name with the J being silent. But he was offered by the Gamecocks around lunchtime on Saturday after having gone to a camp earlier in the week at South Carolina. I guess he ended up sticking around basically and turning it into an unofficial visit. But... When you look at Isaiah Yada's stats and where he plays at, he is a big man at offensive tackle, being listed at six foot six, three hundred ten pounds, according to his twenty four seven Sports profile. He, there's no rating for him in their rankings, but he plays for Snow Junior College over in San Diego, California, and of course, he is going to be a part of the twenty twenty three recruiting class. He also has other offers from teams like Eastern Michigan, Fresno State. Idaho State, and Kansas, amongst a few others. But Kansas and South Carolina are the only two Power 5 offers Isaiah Yada has. Now, the big deal about Isaiah Yada potentially getting his commitment is this. South Carolina, of course, has a lot of upperclassmen at the offensive line position 
all across the board. Whether it's offensive tackle, offensive guard, or center, South Carolina is in desperate need of getting a lot of offensive linemen over the next class or two. They've got themselves, of course, in really good position right now for forced offensive linemen. Marquis Anderson, his teammate and three-star offensive guard, DJ Geth. And they've also gotten Travon Ba already. And South Carolina's also got themselves in really good position with four-star offensive tackle, maybe potential guard, Olu Watson Babalade out of Maryland. So South Carolina's in really good position for a lot of these guys, but the problem is, at least in this particular circumstance, none of these guys were in town this past weekend. They were all probably on different trips, checking out different campuses, or are just maybe working out with their high school football team going through summer programming right now. So because of that and the timing of Isaiah Yada's visit, or at least his camp visit, which seemed to turn to an unofficial visit. I had to believe that this welcome home from Saturday, based on Greg Atkins' reaction to one of these welcome homes, has to be Yada at offensive tackle, which, if so, I think would still be a really good win for South Carolina. Again, as I always say, I don't have any sources to confirm that, and at least as of this recording, there has been no announcement made by Yada or any other prospect for that matter from that welcome home tweet. But... This will be one to keep an eye on going forward, and I would at least put Isaiah Yada on commitment watch for all of you and pay attention to that over the coming days. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. And again, if you have not noticed, I have started out, of course, on YouTube with the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. We started early last week. This will be episode number six, or at least the sixth show, I should say, that's been posted on YouTube since starting out there. If you want to see the video versions of these podcasts, you can go to my YouTube channel, the Locked on Gamecocks podcast. You'll be able to find it there. And if you want notifications from YouTube when I have new videos come out, be sure to subscribe and click the bell so that you will get notifications on when new episodes are put out. They will normally end up premiering every morning, Monday through Friday at 7 for those of you who are interested. As always, thank you all for your continued support that you have showed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope you all have a great rest of your Monday and a happy belated Father's Day to all the fathers out there, including my own who has supported me so much over the years. Thank you to all the dads out there for everything that you do for your family and your children and all the like. Hope you all have a great rest of your Monday. I'll catch you all in the next one.